Welcome to the Bayside Church Weekly Message audio podcast, Frankston. Well, my name's Nathan. I'm the assistant youth leader here at Bayside, and it's an absolute privilege to be able to speak to you this morning from the Word. And uh, thank you, Pastor Rob, for giving me the opportunity. And I'm excited to be down here, excited to be sharing from the book of Ephesians this morning. So much, so much in the book of Ephesians. It's unbelievable. Last week, Pastor Rob preached on uh, Ephesians 1. This week, we're going into Ephesians 2. And in many ways, Ephesians 2 is an extension of chapter 1. And there is just so much meat in Ephesians 2. But you can sort of split it up into two parts, roughly. You've got verses 1 to 10, with the theme of redemption is developed in terms of God raising man from death, from the death of sin to a new life in Christ. And verse 11 onwards, the theme of redemption is continued as Paul applies it to the relationship between Jews and Gentiles in the church and the importance of unity. Throughout chapter 2, Paul continues to contrast man prior to faith to man afterwards. It's constantly going from past tense to present tense and pulling it apart most of this week. As it's just been doing my head in, really. It's been exciting. I've seen stuff in this chapter that I've never, ever seen before, and we're going to have a bit of fun with it this morning. So why don't we pray, and we're going to get straight into the Word. Lord God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to dive into your Word so freely in this place. Lord God, I pray that you would shift something in our spirits, change something in our mind, and give us a fresh revelation of who you are and how much you love us. Let us go out of this place different in your name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, why don't we turn to Ephesians 2 and verse 1. Woo! I know I'm excited. Okay, now I can see. It's good. Verse 1 says this. And it's reading from the NLT. It says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is a spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. Wow. We're off to a great start there. Uh, Mitch, if you want to grab my beautiful artwork, and we're just going to pull that over here. Because I got thinking, I read those first three verses, and I'm like, hmm, okay, you good? We'll put it sort of there, and hopefully everyone can see. Up on the platform? Okay. Well, I was, I was, are we all good? Are we all good? We got help? Fantastic. My beautiful artwork, it's okay, it'll make sense, hopefully, in a little bit. But I read those first three verses and I asked the question, how did we get here? How did we get to this place? Because when God created the world, he looked at it and was well pleased. This doesn't actually sound like it's quite the same anymore. And I asked the question, how did we get to this place? I'm going to pull out my colors here. Can everyone see the board? Everyone see? Uh, 
Extendo. No, maybe not quite. Maybe not quite. Beautiful. Ah, easily. Clever. I can't, I'm not up to the puns yet. I'm not up to the puns. I'll, I'll get there. I'm working towards it. Yeah, I'm just halfway through the course, so I'm not going to jump start just yet. That's good there. No, that's perfectly fine just there. Everyone can see it. That's good. See, when the world was created, it was in shalom peace, perfect harmony, where we have heaven and earth were intersecting. It was connected. There was unity. And man was created down here. Here's some little men. And we'll put the lady there too. There you go. Nice little dress. Another guy over here. So there is humanity existed in perfect unity. I know my art is amazing. I'll give lessons later on if anyone's interested. But we have heaven and earth existing in perfect harmony where life came from heaven. And because we were in unity with heaven, there was relationship. God walked through the gardens in the cool of the evening. With man, there was relationship, there was unity. Man was existing in their perfect, uh, cre- uh, created identity of unity and relationship with God. But then man messes up a little bit and opens the door for sin to enter the world. And what occurs is a separation. So instead of being connected, instead of that unity being available to us, now there is a separation. See, sin is explained as anything that separates us from the will of God, separates us from the perfect will of God. So when sin entered the world, what actually happened was a separation, a physical separation, where once man's Identity and purpose was founded in the idea of a relationship with an almighty God who gave life. When that, separ- when that separation occurred, life was separated from man. And as we read in Ephesians 1, we were once dead in our sin. Because when heaven and earth, that separation became between God and man... Life was taken, the opposite of life is death. So that separation changed the very makeup of the earthly realm. It changed the very nature of the earthly realm. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was a toddler, I was a perfect toddler. I didn't make any mistakes from my memory. I was perfect in every way. My mother's here. She probably remembers it a little bit differently, but that's okay. I have the microphone. My brother, though. (laughs) Love you, Mum. My brother, though. He's another case altogether. Uh, I remember a story of... This was before I was born, or maybe I would have been been a little baby, perfectly curled up on the floor, not crying at all. Um, and my brother had one of those little walkie things where you sort of run around and you're bouncing in the little wheels. And he knew that he wasn't meant to touch the TV. He knew it. But he sort of strolled over to the TV, looking at dad, 
I heard this story all the time, so it's like I was there. He walks over to the TV, looks at Dad, looks at the TV. He's weighing up his options right now. Looks at Dad, looks at the TV, looks at Dad a little bit longer, looks at the TV, touches the TV and scoots off. See, he knew he wasn't meant to do it. Now, did mum and dad have to teach my brother how to do something wrong? No. You don't teach a toddler to do something wrong. It's just something that's there, a nature that exists. So this separations occurred where once humanity had identity in Christ, in, in fully completed by God. And I was stuck on this word nature. In verse 3, where it says, By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. And I, I came to find that this word nature means a mode of feeling and acting which by long habit has become nature. So if we put this in application with our little diagram here of artistic excellence. So through long habit of feeling and acting in the lack of a relationship with God, humanity's very nature has become founded on separation, has become founded in separation, put in modern day sociological terms, individualization, being the individual where it is in our very nature to desire separation, desire to be an individual. And that makeup, our makeup of that nature is the exact opposite of God's desire for relationship. The exact opposite. See, God created man to have a relationship. When that separation occurred in our our very nature became based on separation that counters 100% to God's original plan. It has become the opposite. And so where it says we are subject to God's nature in our separation, it's because God wants unity. God wants unity and a relationship with us. So let's keep reading in verse 4. But, but... Buts in the Bible are great. Because it means it doesn't stop there. Yeah, all the, all the, all the mature ones are giggling right now. It's great. <laughs> when a but comes in the Bible, it means, hang on a second, but there's something else. Because it's called the good news, not the you're doomed news. It's good. <laughs> it's good. So let's keep reading. Verse 4. But God so rich in mercy... And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the, uh, from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. And we'll pause there. Through Christ, we are given life. Okay. Through Christ, we are given life. When we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that he died and rose again for our sins, our nature becomes renewed. Our nature becomes renewed. And this is how, verse 6. 
For he raised us up from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. We are literally transformed, redefined, transplanted. Effectively, we are reborn in Christ. So let's look at this. Where's my little duster here? Mitch, he's a good guy, but he's been down here for a while. And then he finds Jesus and he believes in his heart what Jesus did. And so when that happens, he is taken out of this old nature and he is given a new nature seated in the heavenly realms. A new identity. He is now completed. Mitch is excited. That's good. He is now completed. He's now set apart. He's now doesn't match this nature. He doesn't match this nature. See, scriptures say that we are adopted in, in Ephesians 1.5, that we're grafted in, in Romans 11, that we are citizens of heaven, which it talks about later in Ephesians and in Philippians as well. It's a, we are citizens, this idea of citizenship. It's exciting. I'm just getting a little bit excited. I hope you are too. This is good stuff. See, if I'm born in Australia, I am legally Australian. My identity is wrapped in the fact that I am Australian. Now, by the world standards, even if I go over to another country and live there, I'm still Australian. Even even if I become a citizen of another country, my affiliation, my identity is still founded in my development of being an Australian. That's how we understand it. But what Scripture is describing here is we are physically taken out of this old nature, taken out of this old setup, put in the heavenly realms, given a new identity, a complete identity that comes with purpose. We are completed in Christ and through what Christ did. But all of our old affiliations are 100% removed. We are no longer, the Bible describes, defined by death. We are no longer defined from what holds us back. We are 100% new people reborn to be citizens of heaven, to be citizens of the kingdom of God. This is cool. This is good news. I'm glad it didn't stop at verse 3. We'd all be in trouble. And in this, there's a restoring of our original purpose and identity, giving us life and giving us unity with God and everyone else who populates the kingdom of heaven. All of our brothers and sisters, we have unity and relationship. Let's keep reading. So God, uh, so all of this good stuff has just happened. The good news has occurred. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united 
with Christ up there in the heavenly realms. God saved you by His grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us new in Christ, brand new in Christ, so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. We are his masterpieces. The, the interesting thing about a masterpiece is the masterpiece doesn't produce praise for itself. I don't go and see the Mona Lisa and say, wow, Mona Lisa, congratulations on being such a wonderful painting. You look amazing today. So glad with what you did with the brushwork just there and the blending of the colors just there. No, no. It generates praise for the artist the creator. So us being God's masterpieces in the same way, through the way we live and the renewed nature we carry, we are called to generate praise for our creator. So though we uh, are citizens of heaven, this is where we run into a bit of, okay, the next step. Though we are citizens of heaven, we're still existing here. We're still here. We're, We're not now sort of just beamed up Scotty. We're, we're still existing on earth. And in Romans it says that we are in the world, but not of the world. So then we pull out the right color here. Good old Mitch being renewed. Finally. <laughs> I'll leave you guys to discuss that later on. So now, now Mitch is looking a little bit differently here. He exists of heaven in earth. He's in earth, but not of earth. He looks different. We are here carrying the hope, truth, and life to do the good things that God has planned for us long ago, like it says in 2.10. We are on the same team, all who have accepted Jesus, their Lord and Savior, to be the light in this world. We'll pick it up from verse 17. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who are far away from him and peace to the Jews who are near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Verse 19. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens. There it is. Along with all of God's holy people, you are members of God's family. Together, we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Oh, this is good. We've got life. We've got unity with him. And we have unity with each other who are in Christ. This is good news. Here Paul explains how the the blood of Christ has removed the gap between Jew and Gentile and therefore by implication removes any gap, any room for offense between every Christian through Christ has become 
in every way our peace. So if all of us believe what Jesus did on the cross, we, we accept him as our Lord and Savior, we are all cut from the same cloth. We are all transformed. We are no longer defined by anything that the world can hold over us. We are no longer defined by death, but we are brokers of faith, hope, and love. The, two, the three things that will last forever. Our very nature has changed. See, the, the, the divide that existed between Jew and Gentile was religious. The, the Jews knew the one true God, and Christian Jews knew his son, the Messiah, and Jesus Christ. See, there was a difference there. There was a divide. The Jews coming in with entitlement. The Gentile Christians coming in with revelation, fresh revelation. There was a clash. The divide was cultural and social. With all the ceremonies and practices like circumcision and dietary regulations and rules of cleanliness and all of those things, these were all designed to set the Jews apart from the nations surrounding, to set them apart from surrounding people, to be God's chosen people. The divide was racial. It was huge. This was a bloodline going back to Jacob, not Esau, and Isaac, not Ishmael, and Abraham, not any other father. This, goes, this spans through the history of the entire scriptures. This divide was bigger than any issue or disagreement or conflict that we might have with anyone in the church today. When we fully grasp what Paul was addressing, it was extreme divide. It was extreme divide. This was so powerful and so utterly great that it just makes any quarrels that we can have look like not very much at all. But here's the thing, we are no longer defined by separation, but with unity, with God and each other. God died so we might be one, one body of Christ. And I love praying into that this morning. The other churches, the other pastors in this area, the team going away to Bali, and impacting a community of faith there. We are all brothers and sisters cut from the same cloth, reborn and transformed with new life that the world hasn't known since creation. The reality is that the New Testament scriptures speak more about how we should treat one another, support one another, strengthen one another, stand with one another, encourage one another, teach one another, motivate one another, help one another, give to one another, and love one another. It speaks more about those things than it does about how we should go and preach to all nations because if we don't get those things right at home, our message out there loses power. 
But if we get these things right in our lives and in the body, us as individuals and us as the church become beacons of hope and beacons of light throughout our spheres of influence, throughout our worlds, to every single person you have contact with. If we get these things right at home, This life is for all through God's unfailing, never-changing love. This love knows no disqualifiers. It is for all. This, through long-standing feeling and action, has defined the world. But when Jesus hung on that cross, he broke the divide. He stood in the gap He created the bridge so that we might be redefined with true identity, true purpose in unity and relationship with God. In him, our nature is renewed. We are no longer dead, but alive. We are no longer separated, but in unity with God and each other, one body, citizens of heaven and carriers of hope. Carriers of hope. Every single person who follows Christ, we are family. We are one body. And we love our family. We love our family. Paul talks against the greatest of divides and says you are no longer defined by one side of this and another side of this, but you are defined by your new nature that exists from being transformed by life. So whether it's the brothers and sisters over in Bali, in the prison and in the churches, We stand together. People all over the place, whether in this city, in the next city, we stand together as one body. When they rejoice, we rejoice. When they feel pain, we stand with them. We are one body in Christ, transformed and renewed, carriers of hope. As a keyboard player can come up, we're just going to close. And I want to give anyone here the opportunity to experience the transformation of nature. To ask the Lord Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior. So as everyone closes their eyes, no one's looking around. If that's you, And maybe you've never asked Jesus into your life. You've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. Or maybe you have a long time ago, but you didn't fully put that into implication. You didn't fully allow it to transform your nature. Then right now I want to give you the opportunity to respond to Jesus.
If you want to ask Him into your life this morning, why don't you just raise your hand while no one's looking around. Just raise your hand straight up. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. Awesome. I see that hand. Fantastic. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? He says, Jesus, I need you. I need a Savior. I want relationship. Fantastic. Why don't we all stand together now? We're just going to pray. And why don't we all pray together, stand together? And we're just going to pray. And for the one person who raised their hands, just repeat this prayer along with everyone else in the room. And it's not any magic formula that I read out, but it's just straight from your heart talking to God. And it's my privilege to guide you through a conversation, your first conversation with God. So why don't we all pray together? Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. I thank you that I am no longer defined by death, but I am alive in Christ. From this day forward, I am choosing to follow you and keep my eyes on you. And everyone say, Amen. And while we're standing, let's deal with a few potential family issues that are going on. So even right now, if there's maybe offense, maybe misunderstanding, maybe stuff that's going on between a brother or a sister, why don't you just keep that in your heart right now? And we're just going to pray forgiveness over each of those things. We're just going to release forgiveness in this place. Because as we release forgiveness over those things, then unity abides. Unity becomes our reality. Let's just pray into those things right now. Lord God, I just pray that you would touch every single heart, that those things that we've been holding on to, we release over to you right now. We will not be bound by offense. We will not be bound by misunderstanding, but we are accepting that we are cut from the same cloth as our brothers and sisters. And in you, we are united by love, united by life, and united by hope. And Lord, understanding that we will struggle with this, no doubt, (laughs) we give it to you. We start to put into practice the releasing of these things to you because we know you are in control and we'll obey our calling to love one another, to stand with one another. And we take this opportunity to pray for our brothers and sisters in Bali We stand with them. We stand with them in faith and in love and in prayer. Lord, strengthen them, even though they are hundreds and thousands of kilometers away. We are one in Christ, one body. And we stand on that reality today and release nothing but forgiveness to our brothers and sisters and blessing over each and every one. And everyone said, 
Amen. Amen and amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this weekly message audio podcast. If you'd like to listen to more messages and find out more information, check out our website at www.baysidechurch.com.au. Church has changed. Check it out.